Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fueled by Temperance Spirits, Edmonton's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Order online for doorstep delivery. Oilers fans, this holiday season, there is a lot to celebrate. And Temperance Spirits has you covered, curating the best non-alcoholic beverages to keep the party going into the new year. As a small Edmonton-based business, Temperance is rooted in community and bringing people together. Available online, enjoy fast local delivery to your doorstep in the greater Edmonton area. Whether you're hosting this year's holiday party or looking for the perfect gift, Temperance Spirits is your go-to source for celebrating without the buzz. To make your holidays brighter, order your favorite non-elk drinks at www.temperance-spirits.com and score a festive 15% off with the discount code SDPN. This season, let the Temperance Spirits online store be your secret to scoring a merry and festive celebration. You can stay connected with them at, at Temperance Spirits on Instagram and Facebook. All right, we're back. Oilers lose 5-1 to the Florida Panthers. This is what you can... I, I mean, I want to say that this is the first disappointing effort from the Edmonton Oilers in, what, 10 games now? Something like that? Long time, yeah. Yeah, like, like again, we, we can get into the game. We're going to break down all that and stuff. But what I want to say off the bat is, like, games like this were bound to happen. The Oilers were never going to come out and just dominate the other team for, you know, 82 straight games. Or obviously not the first two nine one start but like they were not they can't come out and dominate an out chance and you know control like 70 percent of the expected goals every single night there are games that you need your goalie to you know hang to come up big for you to make a big save and and they didn't get that tonight obviously i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and blame this on calvin pickard again calvin pickard nah. came into the year as a third string goalie um calvin pickard is a career third string goalie calvin pickard is nowhere close to the reason that they lost the florida panthers were the better team and deserve the win how nice would it be though to have a goalie in net that could steal a game for you uh like we saw vasilevsky do against uh against the oilers last game that's why those tampa losses both of them hurt so bad because you were such you were so dominant and you come up with the loss and then when you do have an effort like this there's absolutely zero chance your goalie is going to hold you in it right I mean, and you look at Bobrovsky tonight too, right? Bobrovsky's kind of like this 50-50 guy. He's had his ups. He's had his downs. But tonight, he absolutely stifled the Oilers. There was mm-hmm. one goal that went past him, and that's the big difference. You look at you look at the Oilers' record right now, like we're under 500 again. It's 13-14-1. Yeah. We, we had so much hope going into this season. It obviously tanked. Woody got fired. Knobloch came in. Now we're looking at this this bounce that happened. 
we lose two games all of a sudden it's all up in the air again is was coaching ever the problem i don't know you saw tonight a lot of the activation from the d zone like from the defenseman it didn't help in t- tonight's game at all there was a couple chances out well, of it but they that's not the key key difference between this oilers team and success that purely lies in the crease behind the net like the you look at Stuart skinner last game five goals on 22 shots right you look at calvin picker tonight five goals on 39 shots you look at jack campbell tonight he got pulled for the ahl he got i think it was like four it was goals like four on 22 something. something like that it, it, there's just an organizational hole yeah throughout the entire oilers organization Rodri came in he, he did decent there was one goal that went past him but it's clear now, right? Like everyone knew if you if you didn't know from the beginning of the year, you know now. Yeah. The goalie problem needs to be fixed. Oh, it's got to be addressed. We can't leave this until like Christmas, past Christmas into the new year, trade deadline. You know what our big deadline acquisition is going to be, Zach? It's Jack Campbell <laughs> off of a hot streak. Oh my God. Please, no. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save the rest of the. I'm sure we could talk about goaltending for hours on end here. So let's jump into the game and kind of. Uh, it's going to be a consistent theme throughout it. But like, this kind of goes on that goaltending thing where you see the first shift. Pickard makes a pretty good save. It was a choppy first shift. Nico Mikola gets a shot from the slot and Pickard makes a decent save. And then it goes right back the other way. Darnell Nurse in the slot. Takes a shot. Sergei Bobrovsky makes a really nice save. And then that was the theme the whole first part of the game, right? Bobrovsky, huge save on Ryan Nugent Hopkins trying to put in Connor McDavid's rebound. Uh, Florida's aggressive forecheck definitely gave the Oilers defense a lot of trouble. Florida's one of those really fast, really aggressive teams that can play tenacious, tenacious hockey in the Oilers. D. It, it, they ha- they were been really effective and they do have some good puck movers at home, Bouchard in particular. But like, Teams like this that just jump on the defense so hard. For example, DeHarnay has looked so good the last 10 games. But like tonight, I thought this was probably one of his worst out of the last 10 just because of the pure tenacity that Florida plays with on the forecheck. He's not able to get the puck back. He doesn't have that extra second to make that breakout pass. So, And you look at the Oilers' forwards too, right? The, the success that came recently was that transition. They had moving pucks from the defense core so they were able to cheat a little bit they were able to fly the zone a little bit quicker that came back to bite them multiple times tonight uh florida they're they're aggressive forecheck they're aggressive penalty kill everything about this florida team is so aggressive they control the pace of the game with this pressure and as you said that that um First couple of shifts from the oilers there was an excellent chance there there were a couple of rebounds Bobrovsky had the juice he he, he well, made the saves when he needed exactly to. exactly and then the the forecheck leads to the first goal against exactly in that first goal like no one's gonna sit here and say oh my god that's calvin pickard's fault but for example you look at the chance that for example warren fogel had in in, in the second period uh where Bobovsky comes sliding across and makes a huge pad save that's the difference those are the saves that the oilers have not gotten all season. There's not a single game you could point to where the Oilers goalie has held them in it, has stolen a game, stolen a point. Every other team, Columbus, uh, Minnesota, 
All the teams at the bottom of the standing, Chicago, look at Peter Morazic, how he's played there. Like, they get those saves, and they get their goalie standing on their head and making a save. And, I'm not, and obviously, you can't ask for that every game. You just The Oilers really don't even need that. They just need consistent, decent goaltending. And obviously, again, tonight, not Calvin Pickard's fault. But again, you look at the overall, the end game, and it's he's still under a 900 save percentage. Uh, the Oilers definitely probably could have gotten more. Bobrovsky was excellent. Calvin Pickard is the second best goaltender in the game. And you're not going to win many games when you have the second best goaltender, right? They almost did it yeah. against Tampa. And they ended up sell Stuart Skinner ended up selling later on in the game. And again, I'm going to reiterate, that's why those losses to Tampa hurt so much. And again, I, yes, the Oilers did not have, like, they had their D minus effort. Like, this was not a good game by a ton of Edmonton Oilers. And we can talk about them more specifically. But, like, again, these games are bound to happen. Like, no team goes 82 and 0. No team wins 9 out of 10 every single game. The thing is, the Oilers, even if the last loss, like, that was an excellent domination. The high danger chances were 28 to 8. If you do that, you should win. Tonight, even, the high danger chances were 10 to 9. They were almost dead even, but Bobrovsky stood on his head. He made great saves. And this is a guy who has been very up and down, like you said. He's a guy that Florida at one point was trying to get rid of 50% retained and had zero, absolutely zero takers. And then he dragged Florida to the Stanley Cup final. And Florida's a good team, obviously, but, yeah. but Toronto like could have won that series. Sergey Bobrovsky stole that series from them. But it, it, this is the thing. Ryan New, after that goal, Ryan New Jompkins, partial breakaway. And uh, Sergey Borovsky stops it. Uh, six minutes in, the shots were 6-6. Throughout the game, the Oilers kind of kept pace. At 30, uh, by the second period, the Oilers actually um, had the Panthers beat in terms of expected goals. They were the they were ahead. They were the better team about just over 30 minutes through the game. And then it just fell apart. It fell apart on that one minute left in the first period when the, when the, uh, the I almost said the Flyers, the Panthers <laughs> scored two goals in the last minute on two horrible breakdowns. This was not... Uh, Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece's best period by a long shot, probably their worst period also in the last 10 games. The forwards are caught flying the zone. Uh, some of those old symptoms you talked about from Jay Woodcroft showed up. Uh, Drysaddle, I don't know what he was doing on those goals. Obviously, notice I'll never slander Leon Drysaddle. That's about as far as I'll go. Um, but yeah, it just, yeah. You look, you look at those two goals that went in, right? Both the Montour goal, Kachuk was right up in Pickard's grill. And, and Matthew Kachuk, He's he's a rat. He's yeah. a sh he's he's terrible. Like, but you want players like him on he's your great. team because he's one of the best players in front of the crease. He makes people mad just by standing there. He will draw the the worst out of the opposition's team. And if you're taking penalties on Matthew Kachuk, that's that's great for him. You know, he he lives and dies by that. Barkov as well. His his goal that was like a rebound and. Florida had like three players or something yeah. like that that just no one had, no one tied up. They were free reign to do whatever. And when you have three players surrounding Pickard, if he gives up a rebound, there's probably going to be one player whose stick is within a vicinity of tapping it in. So both of those goals, they came right after each other, like you said, in like a minute. Yeah, it was like 31 seconds in the last minute of the period. A sloppy effort. The Oilers were halfway to the dressing room with a minute left. They kind of 
they they lost their they stopped paying attention and the Florida capitalized. They took advantage of, of an Oilers team not paying attention. Uh, they were physically engaged. Uh, I saw some people. I was wondering. I kind of wrote it down. That second goal. I was wondering why the Oilers didn't challenge it. Were you surprised that they didn't challenge it? Like it's difficult to say because we only got a couple looks at mm-hmm. it. Right. We didn't get the the full on replay that usually comes with a challenge. Maybe they thought that nurse just uh, interfered with him a little too much you know pushed him into pickard maybe a little bit too much uh, we don't have all the angles but i'm assuming if if pickard is is saying hey this is a this was an issue maybe you want to look at this and it looks like knoblock did it looks like the coaching yeah. staff took a look at it and after like a half minute they went no we don't have enough it's not confident let's not throw florida on the power play yeah it didn't matter because Florida didn't need the power play to get it done. They got it done within the next like 30 seconds. Well, yeah, exactly. Just start with that goal specifically. I saw the overhead angle floating around on Twitter and pretty much all of the contact was initiated and done by Darnell Nurse himself, even though Matthew Kachuk kind of stayed there and lingered there. Darnell Nurse put him there. That was mostly Darnell Nurse. Honestly, it was a pretly good non-challenge by Nobla, even though in the moment I did think that uh, Chris Nobla should have challenged it um and some stranger says in the chat nurse was the reason they didn't challenge yeah before mm. we continue on here to talk about the second period after this we're already down three nothing i just want to say what up to mcnator some stranger justin jack uh all everyone renegade man next gen all these people joining us late on a saturday night so appreciate you hanging out with us spending your time here with us if you want to go ahead hit like we really appreciate it It'll give us something something to be happy about tonight uh because obviously the oilers did not give us much today at all um so yeah we really appreciate you guys coming up but again the, the the first period even though the others were down uh the real the great equalizer and again none of the three goals you can sit there and say uh calvin pickard like you should have had those were absolutely brutal garbage goals the shots were 13 to 12 it was still relatively close, but again, the great equalizer, goaltending. Uh, and when the Oilers aren't able to finish, like you saw Zach Hyman, the puck sitting in the crease, right? just cannot tap at home and and, and and some and sometimes the puck bounces aren't going to go your way but you need your goalie to to keep you in there and that's something that they do not have no they do not have in this organization and i hear now talk about oh we sorry it's so hard to just go off to this goal thing you want to try and just run through the game here then get them get into the goaltending stuff a bit more i mean it's it's a real quick one but i wanted to highlight yeah an opportunity uh it has to do with goaltending again yeah yeah Bobrovsky, right Early on in the second period, he robs Kulak. Kulak pinched down low. Mm-hmm. And you, you saw in the past, like, this defensive activation was doing really well for the Oilers. But if you if you just have a goalie who's making one more save than you would expect, that might have gone in, might have been Kulak's first goal in a bit. But no, Bobrovsky states, keeps it out, and that keeps the momentum for a little bit longer in Florida's favor. But there there was a, a shift, like you said, a monumental shift as the Oilers started to pick up. But a lot of that was from, I think, the McDavid, yeah. Nuge, and Hyman line. Yeah, definitely. Everyone else was still a little floundery. The, it, uh, so when you look at the McDavid, Nuge, Hyman line tonight, like as far as like their past 10 games, this is probably one of their worst games, actually. And they still were excellent tonight. They didn't capitalize on their chances like they have been again bound to happen even with the best player in the world like not everything's gonna go in hockey 
is a game of luck as much as we like to talk about all this strategy all this different stats at the end of the day a lot of it does come down to luck and a few different bounces here and there and they didn't get those bounces tonight and that's when you would hope that the dry side line would be able to chip in and dry settle has been excellent this season he hasn't been as lucky as he has in the past he hasn't been getting the bounces but he's been really good the problem with dry settle and something that is has really been highlighted tonight when mcdavid and hyman and nuge cannot put the puck in the back of the net He's saddled with Fogel and Yanmark. Those are bottom yeah. six wingers. Yanmark's a fourth liner. Fogel on a good day is, is, is can be a good fourth. Third liner can be invisible. You never know what you're going to get with Warren Fogel. Uh, it's so funny. You you mentioned it. I want to jump in on Warren Fogel. There was a play that I saw. Uh, I can't remember which period it was. It was just a, a very, very like McDavid-esque past reception yeah Fogel took it and then he swapped over to his backhand and I he like shot past about. the dude and then he lost it he just <laughs> it's just the, the change in speed going from so fast to so slow to picking up the accelerating super fast again to create a chance and on the panthers net but there is like a one percent chance that warren Fogel is going to finish any of the chances that he needs Those he's putting imagine if he was with a guy like eli tolvanen oh Raphael Lavoie, guys that are just pure finishers. That's that's what they do well. That's all they do. They put pucks in the back of the net. Fogel creates so many chances, but McLeod, obviously, I mean, Drysaddle's a finisher, but Drysaddle is trying is, is trying to be defensively responsible. He's not always going to be down near the net. Um, but you know, and Yanmark is Yanmark, and Yanmark did not have a strong game tonight. Like in a, kind of, I know we're jumping back a little bit, but in the first period there, Yanmark. I don't know what he was thinking. Looks off Leon Drysaddle, tries to skate the puck up himself in the neutral zone, and instead of passing to a wide open Drysaddle, takes an idiotic penalty, and that's kind of what started that two goal and or two goals in one minute kind of stretch for the Panthers right there. And we keep it's it's so funny to keep saying it, right? But like Yanmark's here for the penalty kill. Yeah, you can't be on the penalty kill if you took the penalty. No, nah, <laughs> like like. It, it was it was it was really a dumb penalty, and he made a dumb play later on in the game. I believe when the Panthers were on the power play as well uh, during that Kulak double minor situation, this mm. uh, Yanmark completely walked by Sam Bennett, and <sighs> and, uh, and, and 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 like just move your feet, man. Like move I mean, your feet. If we're going chronologically, we yeah, still, we skipped over. I know, I know, we did. I looked down at my notes, I saw it, but I just kind of ran with it because I was saying it. I was halfway done saying it, but well, we we'll jump back to that because that was nice. But in the grand scheme of things, it was really uh didn't really mean much tonight. It, it, were, it was a pretty goal. I yeah, mean, oh, yeah. the first line. Well, it yeah, was it was the thing. first line. It was an excellent passing play. Matias Ekholm was up on there. Zach Hyman fishes off, still leads the Oilers in goal scoring. Uh, it, it was an excellent play. You needed more of that tonight. Uh, one thing that was really funny kind of after that, before that goal as well, Matias Ekholm got a breakaway. How? That I have no idea. I still <laughs> do not understand. Wow, Matias Ekholm got a break, and it was a good chance. Once again, yeah. Sergei Bobrovsky, though, standing up, did his job, did more than you could expect, and he, I don't want to say he won the Panthers the game because they were the better team, but he was probably the number one reason they won. Yeah, well, the, he disarmed the Kulak chance. He yeah. disarmed the Ekholm breakaway. He disarmed numerous CC chances. The CC chances tonight, like all of these, and, and Nurse had a couple of chances too. Yeah. All of these just stops diffused by Borowski. I mean, he's the best cop in the force for that reason, right? Well, yeah, like, and the problem is, like, so 
if you have a guy uh, like an, a guy outside of Bouchard that is capable of creating offense on on defense, and obviously uh, uh, you do need a right shot uh, right shot defenseman, but like goaltending is the first, second, third concern with, in terms of making a trade. But like you see, Leon Drysaddle, beautiful pass. So Leon Drysaddle is on the ice with Nurse, Cece, Fogel, and Yanmark. Like, what is he supposed to do? You know what he I mean? Like that. he passes to CC, CC a great opportunity, a hundred and whatever games without a goal, the longest active skater in the NHL without scoring a goal. He's on a crazy streak right now. Sportsnet stats, and he double clutches the puck because Cody CC is not a finisher. He's not there to to score. He's not there to get chances. He's never gonna finish those. And he gives Bobrovsky the extra second to get over. And he's his, his lateral movement was excellent tonight. Something that we have not said about an Oilers goalie all season long and he's able to stop cc every chance when the oilers were able to generate momentum build off the shift i thought the fourth the line tonight again was excellent sam gagne drew a penalty created a breakaway got a penalty shot and then the Panthers took a abusive official penalty imagine yeah. gagne scores on that penalty shot then the oilers go on the power play they score there it is a different game and again the offense Holy isn't going to be crazy every single night games like this are bound to happen that's why you need to win those games and the oilers come out in their next couple games and they and they do dominate the oilers are the number one team in terms of expected goals they are great on rush defense they need to like the oilers have to limit chances to such an insane degree for them to be able to come out and win games and they were able to do what we saw for an eight game stretch they did it against tampa but like it can't happen every single night. It's not it going to happen every point. single night. But the fact that's like again, you look at that eight game win streak. Stuart Skinner only had, was had like a one point one eight uh, goal save above expected in that right. entire span, right? Like that tells you that the Oilers were doing an insane job defensively. Yes, Skinner did well. He did exactly his job, and and that's what you can expect if he played like that consistently. It would be great. But the fact of the matter is, Stuart Skinner more often than not, you don't know. It's a fifty fifty. It, it, if you look at it, it's a 50-50 chance. You're going to get the guy who in Tampa in the third period gives up these weak goals and essentially sells the game when your team gets a franchise record in shots and completely dominates and you get goalie on the other end. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. You just can't have the second best goalie every night. And there might be six or seven games this year where the Oilers have had the better goalie on just both purely, ends. They, yeah, just purely based on goaltending alone, that that sinks or swims teams on certain nights, right? And yeah. this this night was also one of them. So I, I wanted to highlight the other thing that happened tonight was uh, again so many of the goals were not on Pickard, no. right? There were there were bounces, yep. there were little screens, there were things in front of them. On the other end, the the key difference, Bobrovsky was so honed in late in the third period. He even made the stop on the deflection off of like Mikola's skate. That went into his armpit area. How many times do you see that just kind of catch a goalie and it goes under the armpit or something like that? He he was so dialed in. And this is a, a Panthers team that coming into tonight had been shut out. It, by exactly. Vancouver and Seattle. So they were coming in with full force. They were trying their absolute darndest to turn this road trip into just a non a non-redeemable mess, right? Like this, this was their last ditch effort to do it and the others were just not prepared for it on all aspects it it sucks because when you saw that they were shut out back to back games you knew they were going to come out with a good effort you knew that the oilers had played like 10 good efforts together you knew that you you could feel this coming a mile away you knew you knew that this was going to be a game where you had to get 
better goaltending than the opposition. You needed a stand-on-your-head performance. You knew that Florida was going to come out and put a ton of pucks on net and generate a ton of chances. And they did. They generated more chances than the Edmonton Oilers. They were the better team tonight. The Oilers didn't get goaltending. And again, in the if, if this, in a, like, micro, I'm not upset about this loss. Like, again, I'm, my, I'm, I'm still not worried. I know they're a game below 500. Not worried about them making the playoffs. I might in the in the micro. I'm not upset about this loss. It, but when you take a bigger picture look at the season, that's when this loss becomes upsetting because you see how well they've played and lost, and like the, to the degree that they have to play and dominate and control the game in order for them to win, and the the, the chances and the way that they need to keep the opposition on the outside consistently. That. It's it, it just not going to happen. So if this game was just an isolated incident, I wouldn't be upset about it. But the problem is this is the second loss in a row. You're falling back down to under 500. Uh, and, and and now you put yourself in a worse position. But again, you make a single trade for a goalie. It's a completely different season. I genuinely believe, and I see people in the chat say, oh, those are a bottom feeder. Blah, 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 they're worried. <laughs> This is not a bottom feeder team. This is not a bottom feeder roster. The de- even the defense as constructed, the forwards as constructed, if they don't get another winger to play with Drysdale, this is still an elite roster. You give them decent goaltending, they can go to the Stanley Cup Finals and win the Stanley Cup. This is why it's so maddening. This is why it's so stressful. This is why games like Tampa are so frustrating. Because... I don't care what you say. I don't care if you're sitting here, oh, support the players. Everyone's ragging on Skinner. Skinner doesn't deserve it. Eight losses, eight wins in a row, whatever. I don't care. It doesn't matter. If you sit here and tell me with a straight face that you think if the Oilers go into game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, whether they the... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the final wild card, or they go on a miraculous run and win the division. If you sit there and tell me that you think that the Edmonton Oilers, with Stuart Skinner starting in at a game one of the playoffs, can go and win the Stanley Cup, I will call you a liar. There is no chance. And I and listen, if, if he proved me wrong, I'd be the happiest person in the world. If he proved me wrong, I'd be the happiest person in the world. I just don't think that's possible. He has shown me nothing to think that that is possible. They need. And I hear now 1B, this, yeah. that. Essentially, we, we can kind of move on, I guess, from the game. I mean, we can talk about the cool act double minor if you want. If the, it's kind of, that, that That's the only thing that kind of pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Barkov holding Kulak spins him. If they call the hold originally... Kulak doesn't do that, or the, they blow the whistle when Florida touches the puck, and that play never happens because Barkov spun him into Florida, into the Florida player himself. So they saw it. They didn't call it. Call Kulak after the huddle, and then they're like, okay, well, we'll give Florida the, the benefit of the doubt. On that power play, Florida ends up scoring, puts the game away at that point. Like the Oilers, you could tell in the third period, it was a whole bunch of nothing outside of the Sam Gagne chance. The power play was asked. It, it, like it was over. Uh, when the third period started, especially considering they came out within like two minutes, one minute score, Verhagi scored again, you know? Yeah, like 20, 21 seconds in yeah. the period. So that 
that penalty killed absolutely any chance that the Oilers had to win this hockey game, right? In the second period, they they got one past Bobrovsky and the pace that I've, I've said earlier in the game that was all dominant Florida, that pressure, it swapped for like 15 minutes. That one penalty call, and if it was an even-up call, I don't think it would have had the same effect. If, mm-hmm. if it was just a one-for-one, a four-on-four, one, four, something like that, I don't think it has the same effect. It's purely because of the double minor and the subsequent uh, goal that they score on the power play. That completely yeah. deflated the Edmonton Oilers. And the third period, like you said, they might as well have not played it. it, it they, they didn't show up. No. And after that f- fifth goal from Florida, it, the game was already on wraps. Like, Gagne... Gagne didn't even really seem like he had much care about the penalty shot. Oh, man, that was a bad penalty shot. I saw a lot of people making the making the jokes like, oh, that works on the Oilers goalies in practice. So, you know, it might you never know. And that just goes to show that the the trouble that the Oilers are in with their goaltending. The sad thing tonight, Evan Bouchard's point streak ends, I believe, at 13 games. It's like the yep. fourth longest act uh, all time or something stupid. I don't know. I could have just completely made that up and butchered the stat that they said. Think, but regardless. I think it's like coffee, 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 Bouchard coffee coffee yeah like it's insane <laughs> like like evan bouchard is an animal he wasn't able to create as much tonight he still had a great play breaking up a two-on-one i thought he was one of the yeah. better oilers night him hyman whatever um oh, and an, another effect uh, if we're still yeah. talking about the game before we move on Derek ryan also because we talked last game about how well the fourth line was playing how Derek Ryan and Gagne have this amazing chemistry and Hamlin is learning so well. He's Hamlin's the defensive one. He's he's really strongly like uh, responsible for holding down the defensive coverage when you have two veterans. And I think that's that's amazing job from James Hamlin. But Derek Ryan, he he took I think a knee on knee in the second. Yeah, period. I couldn't. Yeah, tell what it, it was. was. I, I want to say it was Kevin Stenland and yeah, I it it got, Stenland Ryan went down the tunnel. But it, it it was definitely lower body, right? I wasn't sure if it was knee, yeah. but he took some sort of lower body injury. He pretty much, I, th- I think, didn't play for the rest of the game. Uh, last I checked in the shift chart, maybe he he, he got on to skate during the intermissions mm-hmm. and um, during the timeouts, but I don't think he played any minutes beyond that. And when you just have one line, the top line that's that's really have has any chemistry, and the rest of the team is just floundering, you're not going to get results. And, and, that, and, well, that what you're saying right there, and I agree with you, you're not going to get results, and that kind of speaks to the next issue that I think we can address. And before we get into that, I just want to ask if the chat if they got any press conference questions. We're going to jump into the press conference pretty quick here about you know the overall the season the outlook playoffs whatnot but that kind of speaks to the the connor brown issue because now i think it's safe to say that connor brown just sucks like he's ineffective that that injury what what happened obviously you don't wish that on anyone is a horrible injury you absolutely wish that he came back like listen we if he came out next game and scored two goals we'd be ecstatic and say okay connor brown's back but the fact is he hasn't he's been ineffective he's been a black hole on offense he can't make plays he's doing cardio out there he's not doing anything he has one assist there are goalies with more goals than connor brown this season like you we needed so much more this is a four million dollar play he's gonna be on the books for three million you needed him to come in and be consistent in the top six you needed him to at least replace yamamoto's offense it's it's flabbergasting that the guy who was ragged on for 26 games in a row for outscoring or whatever it was with yamamoto didn't a corner brown's come in and done less Yamamoto has like what twenty points or something so far. I, I that's insane. I did not Dude know that. Nuts. Wait, he played. He's in Brown's been stapled. Oh, sorry, no, I, 
10 points. <laughs> okay, even that, 10 points. That's nine more than Connor Brown. Staple to Drysaddle or McDavid. He's finally been started playing with McLeod. He's a, yes, he's an effective penalty killer. I get it. But they're, they need so much more. Look at your, your Leon Drysaddle is being dragged down by cinder blocks right now. Whether it's Brown or Yanmark or Fogel or even Kane, because Kane's kind of plays kind of, again, he's a streaky player. He's kind of fallen off the last couple of games here. You need Kane to get more physically engaged to be back, get back at it next game, because you do need more out of Evander Kane. Right now, Connor Brown's giving you nothing. I'm at the point where when Dylan Holloway comes back, you put him with Drysdale, and I honestly pull Connor Brown out of the lineup. Like I would, I, yes, yeah. That is the question I wanted to ask you. When Holloway comes back, and if you if you haven't been following chat, uh, Connor, or it seems like Dylan Holloway is going to be out until after Christmas. Uh, that's been confirmed by Knobloch. But when he comes back, do you immediately stick him on the second line? Do you put yes, hundred percent? You need and- skill. You need skill. You need the skill, but he's he's coming back off an injury. He's a younger guy. Do you want to work him in? This is or the do you NHL. Want to stick him straight to Leon's line. This is the NHL, Dylan. You've been waiting for your opportunity. Jay Woodcroft is playing you five minutes a game. I don't care. I get it. It sucks. It's tough, but you know what? Here's your opportunity. You either sink or swim. You get on that line, and if he comes out, you look at Matthew Nyes. You look. There are teams. Connor Zari for the Flames. They're excellent. Very, very similar players to Dylan Holloway. We Every single person who watched the Oilers this year and last year knows he has the skill to be effective. He's just got to finish his chances, and I think he will. I have a believer in Dylan Holloway. I stick him with Leon Saddle. I play him 18 minutes a night. I give him every opportunity possible to succeed, and I pray to God that he swims. If not, you got to try after you get a goalie. Your next thing is you get a top six winger. winger. Connor Brown's ineffective. There are guys on your team that can do the penalty kill job. Yes, the penalty kill has been excellent with him on it. Derek Ryan, Ryan Dugan Hopkins, Zach Hyman, Warren Fogel, Matias Yamark, you name yeah, it. They have forward penalty kills. The loss of Connor Brown is nothing to this team. If you put him on waivers and he gets claimed, no one's sad. That's 700 grand off the books. Yes, the bonus is still there. That sucks. It's a dumbass play by the GM once again. Okay. You know. But signed by the GM. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I know. Yeah, by sorry, the president. No, president. By the, the president. Like, what are you going to do with Connor Brown, right? Like, there's, there's nothing. You either bear with him and you hope for a turnaround. But which at this point is just, you know what he is and he's, he's, either going to pitch in two or three goals great thank you so much next year he's not gonna be back like you already have that three million it's, it's stuck on the on the payroll so at this point you're you're in this to win hockey games exactly he is not giving you any production to insinuate that he'll bring you closer to that goal so you just have to take him out i agree with you i don't think there's anyone on this roster that I, I want to take out before Connor Brown. So he's he's going to take Adam Murray's no, spot. So that hey, fourth line's been excellent. That fourth line's been excellent. I, 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 like, like, yeah. the, like with Dylan Holloway, with Warren Fogle even, you, you see the signs. You see the creativity. You see the lack of finish. You see, okay, he's getting close. He's around it. He's stiffing. He's creating chances. With Connor Brown, there's nothing. It's shot in the rafters. It's shot seven feet wide of the net. It's missed passes to Evander Kane. I get he's really good in the lanes, but it, 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 it that's nothing. Even Matthias Janmark, right? And, yeah. and every time we talk about Matthias Janmark, it's he's Janmark. Like that's that's his descriptor. He's just a guy. Mm-hmm. I would take Matthias Janmark over Connor Brown. 
Matias yeah. Yammerk had a three point nine. I'm not taking Matias Yammerk out of the lineup. Like I, 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 yes, I think tonight also is probably one of Matias Yammerk's worst games. He, I feel like when he's in the lineup for too long in a row, or you know things are going too well, he starts to get lax a days ago. Like you saw it on the play on the penalty kill. He just wasn't moving his feet. He took a dumb penalty tonight, and that's Matias Yammerk at his worst. I think when you ask him to do too much. He starts to act. He starts to get like that. Like he needs to be down around the 12 minutes in ice time. He needs to be it penalty kill fourth line positions. And I think he's a really good fourth liner. Honestly, like I think he's a really, really good fourth liner in this league. I think he he's playing above his head. They need to get to plug someone in with dry saddle with you. And it, and it most likely if it's not Dylan Holloway ends up coming in a trade, but that's not something that you can figure out uh, until you figure out the goaltending. And that needs to be done ASAP because this current goaltending not good enough. Like, I love the Oils. I love them. They will not win with this goaltending. They will not be able to win. Because we love them, because we watch them so much, we're ever more critical when the Oilers have a clear hole and they do nothing yeah. to address it. But let, let's move on. Let's let's get away from all that stuff. Uh, I saw one question mm-hmm. that I do want to bring to your attention. Uh, just incredible in chat. Justin Space. Credible. Great name. Nice list, naughty list. If you're Santa Claus, Santa Santa Zach is here. One player on the Oilers to put on your nice list, one on your naughty list. Oh, my nice list. I mean, how basic? Are we saying no Connor McDavid or are we? No, I'm I'm going to say you can put Connor in there. You okay, put, yeah. Well, Connor McDavid, nice list. Connor Brown, naughty list. That's mine. And Stuart Skinner, Jack Campbell, uh, Ken Holland, naughty Stole yeah, some I, answers from you. I'm sure it was one and one. A lot of people are getting cold. Huh? Yeah. Um. No, for the nice list, I'm going to put Evan Bouchard. Evan Bouchard. Great answer. Evan Bouchard has shown so much tenacity in, like, how many times has his name been continually slandered yeah. in media? I mean, traditional mainstream media specifically, where he can't defend. He has no urgency. He has no fire in him. Dude is on a straight tear. Uh, I'm I'm just incredibly happy with Evan Bouchard and everything he's doing on the ice, how he's coping with everything off the ice. He's on my nice list. Sorry, Connor. You have enough. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you have enough accolades. Uh, naughty list? Dude, it, there's so many. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's got to be it's got to be Ken Holland. Yeah. You see everything that is happening. If if Ken Holland just shuts the fuck up and says, "Hey, you know what? Goaltending situation, we know about it. Shut the fuck up, don't say anything else," right? If he doesn't give the dumbest answers of I have faith in it. We're going to wait until Christmas. This is going to be our tandem. We're going to let Jack Campbell recuperate himself in the AHL. If he doesn't say any of this, we would not be nearly as hard, Mm -hmm. but it's because of his comments that Oilers fans just feel like this team is floundering and nothing is going to come to the rescue. So and all you are on the naughty list for me. I agree That's with you. It. I agree with you, Dennis. I could not put it better myself. The Oilers need to... Ken Hall needs to do something. Like, the goaltending situation needs to be shored up, whether it's Carol Vamelka, uh, 
Elvis Merzlikens. I, I don't know what it is, whether you trade your next 15 first-round picks for UC Soros and Nashville falls out of the playoffs. That's the thing. Mickinator in chat, and before we kind of end the show here, uh, Mickinator in chat says we're now five points out of the final wildcard spot with two games in hand and four other teams ahead of us. Yes, that does seem very daunting. Again, you look at those teams, it's St. Louis, it's, uh, I believe St. Louis is one of them, it's Arizona, it's Nashville, whole lot of mid. I still take the Oilers over all of them. I still believe, genuinely, I believed it whole way through uh after the san jose lost my faith wavered a bit but uh <laughs> i believe that they are going to make the playoffs still it's it's a matter of fixing goaltending and you fix the goaltending this is a top three team in the nhl let's end it on this though i saw you send it a mickinator in chat uh adam ernie though mickinator the mvp tonight adam ernie also deserves to be on my naughty list because man does that guy suck at hockey literally the worst player i've ever seen uh, put on hockey, and can't crazy. even take you on, bro. No, like, <laughs> like un, that's just, it's unreal. It's super disappointing. I don't know why that contract was signed. You could have given that opportunity to so many other players. Uh, but yeah, hold on. Where even is Adam Ernie? I know, we're, I know, we're getting to the end of the show. Is he? Is he? In Edmonton, or is he down in the minors? I think he's in Edmonton, sitting in the press box because his family's there, and that's why they won't send him down. But uh, once Dylan Holloway comes back, my guess is he's off the roster. It sucks, but he's going to be end up back. Well, it sucks for him, but he's going to end up back in Bakersfield. Uh, Peter Shirley was awful, or the sound of me. Okay, whatever. Anyways, anyways, you know what? Tough game. night. My tough night. Yeah, what's up? Thanks for joining us. <laughs> tough night tonight. Oilers lose five one to the Florida Panthers. Uh, Dennis, next game I believe yeah. is next game is Tuesday the nineteenth. It begins the road trip. The Oilers are done in Edmonton for the rest of the year. First, they're gonna go to the New York oh, yeah. area. So the Islanders are up next. It's a five thirty Mountain Time uh, game. Avery will have the post game show for you on SDPN's Game Over Edmonton. And yeah, this uh, this swing New York three teams three games, and then after Christmas a Cali road trip. I think that it's entirely possible for the team to come out of this with four slash five wins out of six. Yeah, absolutely. It is going to be tough. It is going to be tough. They are a good team. Frankly, what I'm going to say here, it just depends on the goaltending. They got 900 save percentage. Uh, or, I mean, they can just play insanely well defensively like we saw over the past 10 games. It's very possible. Uh, but it depends on the goaltending. We'll see. Let's end it here. Every show is going to be awesome. Dennis, before we go, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at Dennis Lee, Y-E-G. Zach, where can they find you? You can find me at ZReal97 on Twitter, bitching about the Oilers goaltending and Ken Holland. But that's all from us. Thank you. Enjoy your Saturday night. Stay safe, stay healthy, and that's it. Take care. Bye-bye. We are...